Welcome to the Ag Emerge Podcast, brought to you by Ag Solutions Network. Your farming challenges are unique, so your practices should be too. We're here to share emerging ideas, build connections, and provoke conversation. Get ready to improve your soil, your crops, your livestock, and your family's livelihood. I'm your producer, Kim Chase. And I'm your host, Monty Bottens. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Today, we welcome No Fence CTO Oscar Hovda Bernstein and CEO Knut Benson. Oscar and Knut talk with us about how No Fence has worked to develop technology to graze animals and control moves using virtual fencing technology. Monty discusses with them the opportunities virtual fencing could create through managed grazing utilizing daily or regular moves. They also explore other opportunities virtual fencing could provide through proper ground management and animal observation, like where the animals are moving and how they graze. No Fence is doing pilot projects in the United States so they can learn more about the needs of growers here in the U.S., this is an exciting conversation as they explore this technology and its amazing applications. So let's jump right in. Welcome to this episode of the Aggie Merge podcast. I'm very excited to be joined live again in the studio this week. Uh, pretty excited. We have the uh, longest distance, I guess, that we've ever had on our podcast. They've come here all the way from Norway. Now, they didn't come just for the podcast. They're here for uh, uh, exploring and, and researching and understanding better the needs of uh, American livestock farmers. Uh, but I'd like to welcome uh, Oscar and Knut from uh, No Fence from Norway. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Oscar, we're going to start with you and, and in your role with No Fence, uh, uh, introduce yourself and just, just kind of tell us a little bit of the, of the why behind uh, why you came up with No Fence and, 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 and kind of your story um, with this whole endeavor. Yeah, I, uh, the story starts in Norway, very far away from the main roads, <laughs> deep into a fjord, in the very, very remote parts of Norway, uh, where I grew up. Um, uh, my father uh, wasn't kind of, a, I, didn't think, I don't think he saw himself as a farmer, but more like wanted to show us where the food come from mm -hmm. so we had some sheep we had some goats we had some pigs even some rabbits <laughs> that we actually slaughtered and, and mm -hmm. had for dinner now and then <laughs> so you learned at an early age that food doesn't come from the grocery store <laughs> i did i did okay very good uh, i think i never i have never seen it that way mm -hmm. <laughs> actually so um Growing up this way made me very fun. I was very glad in, uh, I enjoyed being together with the animals. Um, but the problem was that the fencing of those animals was kind of a big obstacle. Uh, I felt it like an obstacle for almost anything. They, both for me being together with the animals and for the animals being where the actual, where the best posture is available. Um, yeah, so it was, I felt it very labor intensive and not very fun to work with those fences. So I started to think why, what if the future is 
having livestock without fencing that would be amazing mm -hmm. so um yeah some years later becoming an engineer and uh, understanding a bit of technology and that gps was actually something that was enabling this original id mm -hmm. uh, I, it felt like i, I cannot no, i cannot not try Mm -hmm. The idea. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, so um, uh, I started uh, developing and it was time consuming. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. Uh, and then I bought my own farm and I had uh, bought my own goats. And uh, yeah, then yeah. it became a company. And, uh, and as of today, it, it feels like the reason for having this uh, reason for doing this technology is that resource utilization is done best the way nature intended with the cattle, sheep and goats actually on pasture, harvesting their own food. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it feels like a way more natural thing than, at least in Norway, the cattle is indoors most of the year. And it looks like it is that way in the rest of the world. So I think we, with our technology, we could change something huge uh, and be have a great impact into something very important as important as food yeah right and, and this is certainly a reason why we got connected because it's a passion for our us to see livestock come back to the land and uh, no fence really helps that and i think that's a fun story that you talked about having to fix fence and and if you're fixing fence that normally means you had to catch the animals that went through the fence and bring them back um, that can always be a, a challenging time. Yeah. So, and, and, and I was <laughs> certainly very, was motivating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed opening the gate mm -hmm. because I saw the joy of the animal mm. being able to find their food. Absolutely. Where the food actually was. So, yeah. My father didn't enjoy that all the all, always. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, that's, that's interesting to, to look at a problem like that and say, you know, I think I can do something about it because uh, many farmers would look at the problem and just, you know, we realized maybe there's nothing we can do about it. So we appreciate that, that perseverance to get to a product that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but uh, it's pretty neat to, to see how that all came about. Now, Canute, you're, you're newer to the team here um, as CEO. Talk, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, some, of, some of the adventures in life you've been through and, and what brought you to No Fence. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if I'm doing like Oscar and going back to my childhood, it's I, uh, I'm I guess I'm a part of a typical traditional Norwegian family. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have a cabin up in the mountains, and uh, I was exposed to farm life uh, during all summer as a kid, helping local farmer up on the sort of the mountain farm, which they would move to through summer. It was all snow in the winter, but mm -hmm. during summer they would move up there. And that's a typical way of running a Norwegian farm, uh, at least back in the days where you utilize that pasture during summer. Mm -hmm. uh, and helping the farmers bring in the cows, you know, getting milk from the cows straight out there. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and there were goats and sheep and, and the whole lot uh, up there as part of my childhood. And then I went into a very different journey. I, I, I wanted to become a world champion in windsurfing. That's pretty far from farming. And uh, I never made that. But, uh, but I went into technology instead and been in technology all my life. And... Um, my journey into no offense was really I, I was part of a Norwegian startup that uh, did video conferencing and brought uh, 
video conferencing technology out to the world. So started that 14 years ago. Uh, I was employee number 28 back in the days. And uh, when I left the company for no offense this summer, we were 1,200 people and uh, number three in our industry. And yep, worked a lot with the US among other places, Asia, Europe. Uh, and um, I was contacted uh, about this opportunity and um, I thought a couple of things. I've been working a lot with technology in towards oil and gas companies. Norway is a heavily oil and gas dependent economy. And I'm 59 now and I'm looking back at my lifetime. I'm sort of starting to realize what we've been unlearning ourselves, I think is the word. Uh, got to me a bit and I thought, hey, this is a chance to do two things. Um, help lead a super exciting technology startup or scale up uh, out internationally. Uh, but as I started to discover all the aspects of the climate effect that we can have and, and, and the things around soil health. And um, I'm also a free diver. And um, over the last five years, I think people globally have really gotten to understand that the plastic pollution of the oceans is something we need to stop. And, and yeah, it, it's really has made a change. It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a global change in that respect. And, and we've seen it before also when, when we as humans really discover we're doing something wrong and everybody understands that we're quite good at sort of rallying together and doing something about it. Um, the ozone layer was maybe the first global task we managed to do together. Uh, and, and close that hole and, and forbid this substances that fluorocarbon that, that went into the atmosphere and destroy the ozone. And I think when I saw the, that aspect, in addition to the technology part, I, um, yeah, there's no way I'm not doing this. So that's, that's my sort of journey into, into no offense. And I have to say also uh, the people and the philosophy behind this product, where there's people who have a real heart for what they do uh, and, and want to make a difference in this world. That appealed to me. Uh, so here I am. <laughs> Haven't regretted a second since I joined. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, it, it's interesting to hear, you know, both your, your background and, and kind of what brought, brought you here. And, uh, you know, Oscar, you kind of skipped over it real quick, but how long has that time taken from when you first started looking at how can we take GPS uh, combined with, you know, um, connectivity technology and, and make this, when, when did that begin, the, the initial and, and to get to where we are today? How long has that journey been? I, it was, may, may, I think it has, the journey has been longer than it should have been almost. But, <laughs> but I think also, well, when something's brand new, that's the way it is. <laughs> but I think also at the time from when I started, kind of try, really trying to do, make a product out of it is uh, around 2007, I would guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the company was founded in 2011. I was the only employee until 2014, 15, I think. Uh, and the strange thing we did uh, at the time was that the first employee I hired was a customer success or support uh, person. It, it, the natural thing would be to, to hire a software engineer or some, someone that could help develop the product. But 
in our philosophy, it was very important to develop the product together with, the, with our pilot customers at the time. We knew that we hadn't made a product that was good enough. So we knew that the pilot customers would not be happy. They would run into trouble. And then it was important for us to that they were able to speak their frustration mm-hmm. to, to the company. Mm-hmm. So the first person we hired was, was there to receive a lot of complaints. Well, sure. <laughs> that oh, when you could, got something brand new, it, yeah, it isn't going to work perfectly out the gate. That's just it, we, the nature of it. Then the, that's the nature of it. And, uh, and then we understood quite a lot of what is the pain points mm-hmm. for the customers. And uh, I think, actually, I think that was a good idea it, uh, because we are now seen in Norway. Uh, there is, we have 2,500 customers as of today that is using the product. And the first customers, they are really leading the way and feels like a part of the company. Hmm. Which, uh, which is, yeah, it, I think it's a, it has been a success. Well, that says Thank a lot. You. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I find it interesting, you know, when, in, when I first discovered No Fence and, and talked to, you know, your team probably four or five years ago, I believe I, we, we met your team in uh, San Francisco and I, I found it interesting. You, you had a product and, and the primary development was with goats, you know, and, and, a, and a friend of mine has a, has a saying. Uh, for the fence that keeps a goat in, he says it's a fence that will hold air, so <laughs> like like an air tank. You know, so I, I found it interesting that it was working for goats, and then um, plus uh, Nor- Norway is not flat like Kansas. I hear you know there's there's some mountains, so there's the topography to deal with, there's forest to deal with, so every it's really the worst case scenario to develop the product under you know with the the cagiest animal, uh, you know with uh, forest that can cause GPS interference or, or cellular communication interference, topography, which can do the GPS and the cellular. So, you know, when I saw it and it was working in under those conditions with farmers who were happy with it, uh, that, that, that really turned it on for me to understand it. So, and, and Canute, you were saying, Oscar mentioned 2,500 customers or f- farmers using the product now. How, how many animals are we, are we keeping in with fenceless technology? It's around 25,000, 30,000. Yeah. And, and you were even sharing with me that uh, there's some farmers that don't even have perimeter fences. They have that much trust in the system. Actually, that is the normal. That is the normal. That is the normal. Yeah. Wow. So okay. uh, I hope anybody listening, any any ranchers listening to this right now, don't drive off the road into the ditch when they heard, <laughs> when they heard that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's maybe also, and, and I, I don't want to sort of. Uh, there's one rule we have in no offense. We we don't oversell, right? So so we are extremely conscious to create good use experiences. So right. if you're you've got cattle next to a highway, we would have a perimeter fence for sure. Right. Uh, definitely. Makes sense. Uh, it's just safety. It is safety. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, uh, but we, we've, um, we worked uh, or uh, no offense, of course, I have to say uh, before me uh, really has made this technology work. And I think me, even more impressive than the amount of animals and farmers is we got over 150 million hours of operations on animal. And, and that gives us data. And it gives us insight to animal behavior, uh, and and we know this works. Uh, so, I think 
if you're looking now at the US market, uh, yeah, there might be cases where you would say that it would make sense to put up, for instance, for managed grazing to put up a perimeter fence, but then all the internal fencing that is done through no fence. And, and it's taken, I believe, so much of that workload off the farmer that we hope uh, it will be an enabler for uh, farmers that they can start looking into practices which they maybe have thought of but thought to work intensive uh, mm -hmm. to go ahead with. And we're also hoping that uh, we can enable our solution with insight and, and help so that, because I mean, it's labor intensive and it's knowledge intensive. And we think if we can do something, we can leverage both those two areas. And that is our hope that that can make a lot more farmers think that Mm, this is this is a viable path to go and, and we've seen it in in so many different client stories we i went to the uk because uh, we've got quite a few clients now starting to use this also in the uk and um one of them he was a farmer 50 years old uh, he was farming for a landowner and uh, that landowner said you got to run a regenerative otherwise there's no farming for me so he did and he started to see goods coming in concentrates and uh and pesticides, all, all the stuff that he used to buy is declining and his profits, they're going up. And he was a bit of a laugh at the pub because his farm didn't look like sort of this sort of beautiful line, uh, homogeneous type of, of landscape. It opened up for biodiversity. And, 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 and in the beginning, he was a bit of a laugh at the pub. Uh, but now, now he's buying rounds. Uh, for the other people at the pub. And right? it's not so much of a laugh anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, but it was quite interesting to hear also his sort of emotional approach on that. And, and uh -huh. he really felt he was doing something good. He was actually a bit embarrassed being a 50-year-old man. And But he said, I have to admit, I, I learned so much about farming from people that wanted to sell me stuff. Uh, and I, I, I realized we're also selling stuff, so don't get me wrong. But uh, maybe there is something there that we've gotten into a system that sort of self-reinforces itself with subsidies and, and large corps and everything that sort of drives us in that direction. And um, I, I mentioned the ocean earlier on, and I think that we're going to see something similar, and you guys are part of that. You're leading the way on that. Uh, we're going to see something similar, I think, on, on, on topsoil. Uh, UN has said that there's uh, 60 more harvests if we continue overusing soil the way we do. Uh, that's not sustainable. And I think the whole world is starting to understand that we we got one planet here uh, and we need to take care of it. And uh, I'm, uh, nothing wrong said about tree huggers. I mean, we, it's good that people love trees. It's good that people are vegetarians. It's good that people want insects. But there's going to be livestock and there's going to be food production. And if we can make that more sustainable and we can take care of our soil and rebuild that. And, and I have to say also visiting you guys and seeing what you do here, uh, it, it, it fills me with so much inspiration and hope because we can do something about it. And to see the type of results you can get in such a short time. Um, I'm much more worried about the ocean. Um, that's, that's polluted for some time going forward uh, and much, much harder to clean. Uh, but it, it, it creates incredible optimism to see how fast you can generate change if you mm -hmm. start to do these things right and you put livestock back on the field. Yeah. Right, right. And it, it's been been fun uh, in, in working with No Fence being one of their pilot locations. I, I we were able to work out a, a collar on one of our uh, cow in our herd. And it's been fun to be able to see where she moves through the paddock and, 
and, and how it works and those kind of things. But let's back up just a step and, and talk a little bit about how, how does this, how does the no fence technology work? Okay. So there's, there's a collar that we've, that we hang on the cow and it's shaped like a cowbell, right? And it's, it's, you it would blend in like a, like a cowbell if you were to look at it. Um, um, you know, I'll let you get into specifics, but from what I've seen, there's solar panels on the side of it. It charges a rechargeable battery inside of it. Um, and, and the chains along her neck are designed not only for durability, but should she misbehave and not listen to the audio cues, uh, she's, she's told politely uh, with an electric shock, like they would with a polywire, you know, low impedance fence, the so same, same type of correction uh, to, to stop going where she's going. But uh, okay, so how, how I can see it on my phone, but how, how does all this work, Oscar? How, how, did, you, how did you marry GPS, cellular technology, uh, solar panels, uh, rechargeable batteries and, and pulse and you got a lot of things going on in there. How, how, how does it work? Yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's like you said, <laughs> it's a, it's a caller, uh, with a GPS re- receiver and, a, and an audio signal and then, and, uh, electric, um, pulse that, uh, uh, and, and now I, I would, the, the success of the invention is that the animals understands very quickly how to avoid this pulse. Uh, because we the, the color emits this sound that the animals understand how to react upon. Uh, and the farmer, a lot of farmers kind of feels that this is probably difficult to operate. Uh, so we have made an app for the for the cell phone, and uh, uh, that is mainly a map. Where the where the customers can draw the perimeter as a polygon, and uh, then transfer that polygon to the colors, and then the colors operates upon uh, in in that polygon. Uh, yeah, from the from that on, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and when the colors are moved out of the polygon it starts beeping it's like the sound it's like beep 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 increases mm-hmm. in pitch uh, and then the animals turns around and backs away from the sound so to speak and uh, then the sound stops and, uh, no no electric pulse will be given mm-hmm. so yeah, but they have uh, the reason for doing that is of course that they understand that if if they don't back up it will Heard of it, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a small pulse that they don't want to receive. Oh yeah, and then so basically, you, you draw the area that you want the animals to be in on your phone, and then that just those GPS points upload to the collar. The collar remembers those points, and it's always comparing the GPS signal of where they're at to the points that are in that are in memory, essentially. That's in right. That collar. That's right. And as they get, approach or cross that line. It's, it's an audio cue and she's, she's got a period of time, plenty of time to turn around and move away. And, and there's some neat videos on the website, nofence.no, uh, that you can take a look at these things, but it'll, um, it'll allow you that the animal to return to the, the place in which they're supposed to be. And, and it's yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that uh, simple. That's simple. <laughs> yeah, it is that simple. <laughs> so, so like today when the ground is froze hard as a rock, or maybe in a couple of days when we have a blizzard coming, uh, 
you mean we're not out there setting poly wire for their next paddock? The or, only thing in the field is the cattle. Oh, you mean I don't, so. <laughs> I don't have to. What, what about if it's a lightning thunderstorm and it's pouring down rain to move the fence? What do I do? Well, it's it, it, you do it the same way as oh, on my on my phone inside my house. Yeah. Oh, that's could, pretty handy. <laughs> <laughs> I like this already. <laughs> We're taking a short break to share that the Ag Emerge podcast is brought to you by the team at Ag Solutions Network. Rooted in innovation, ASN is committed to leaving the land better than we found it, not simply maintaining it. We're here to help you navigate the balancing act of productivity and building a legacy. From practices to products, ASN is more than a new jug. It's a new way of thinking. So don't be afraid to be different. Be afraid to be the same. Contact Ag Solutions Network today at asn.farm. And now back to our show. Uh, but no, I, I mean, it's just, there's lots of things, you know, when you're doing managed grazing, that daily move or, or moving on a regular basis to make sure that the, the ground is grazed appropriately, not too much, not too little. There, there, it takes a lot of work to do that. And it takes a lot of time to, to set fence and, and accommodate that type of movement that now if we can free up that activity and better record where the animals were and how they grazed within there, uh, that frees us up to do a lot more, more management observation of the animals. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're talking a little bit about that animal welfare and how you can now take time to better manage the herd versus do the work, right? It's the, it's the worker versus the the leader mentality. Yeah, you, you, it gives the possibility to focus on the animals and the, and the, and the pasture uh, mm-hmm. instead of looking after the fences. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's a big difference uh, we hear <laughs> from our customers that uh, it, it changes the focus. I think uh, you guys were, we had a t- chance to spend the day together yesterday and you're relating some of the stories and, and another visit that you'd made here with a pilot in the U.S., is with a goat farmer. And we had a goat farmer who was at our farm uh, this summer uh, that had a basically a rent a ruminant business. So she would go out and, and clean up sites and those kind of things. And we were kind of their home base that they could base out of because they just moved to the area. And I watched how they did that through our woods. I mean, Matt would go through there with a chainsaw and a, you know, a machete, basically clear a path to not you know, cattle producers put down a single wire poly wire. They're putting out poly net and they're going down these hills. They got across streams that are uneven with poly net and they're trying to drag this through poison ivy and thistles and thorns. And I'm like, wow, that is a lot of work. It makes, makes the, the cattle wire seem simple, but you were talking to the goat producer uh, and relate a little bit, just what that was like for, for her, that, that change with the ability with the collar and how even emotional that was for her. You said the word emotional. And that, that has kind of struck me a bit when, when I've been meeting clients, because uh, one thing is like I said, I started out with, he, he saw goods coming in, going down and profits going up. That's, that's, that is of course, super good uh, and necessary. Uh, but then, then the other part is, is the emotional side of this. And, 
and she uh, this is Munch Bunch was uh, was the company they're running so they're doing exactly that <laughs> Munch adults, Bunch. right yeah Munch Bunch yeah, that's a fantastic <laughs> name yeah Dan and Alice uh, and they um she she said that um it's changed her life she said that's the word she used and, and she was quite emotional when she said that that and it, that is also one of the wonderful things to join this company like you get to speak with people that you're actually making a difference for uh, so for her and him like you say, being out there, not being afraid of being bee stung, then uh, having several herds out there uh, and, and rotating them, and then knowing where the animals are. And, and you're asleep, and then you, so you used to wake up, oh, where are they? Uh, oh, they're there. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fine. And just settle down again. And now she knows where they are. If one of them escapes or some of them escapes, there's not a police call coming in. Hey, the goats on the highway, whatever. It's She will get an alarm right away so so the peace of mind part i think is a big one and um and, and to- honestly i've used it that for our mm-hmm. our herd mm-hmm. when we've had some very cold high wind events yeah. and, and cattle tend to you know walk into the wind yeah. and, and just if there's a wire in the way mm-hmm. they don't really notice mm-hmm. it or the drifts will get so high mm-hmm. they'll just mm-hmm. keep walking mm-hmm. You know, so it's the blizzards coming and yeah. it's one in the morning. I, I turn on my phone and look and it's like, okay, sure. They're still in the pasture, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it was, yeah. uh, yeah. It, it, I never even thought that as a, you know, when, when I was looking at this, I, I never even considered that to be a, a relief, such the relief factor that it is. It, it's amazing. And it is. Yeah. And, and, and it, but it's not only goat farmers. Uh, we, we had cattle farms in, in, in the UK, but, but that wanted to utilize different types of crop. And some of that crop was like, five, six feet high. And, and then putting out a polyvire in that, it's it's getting, you, you need to clear it out in order to, but if you could just draw it on the app, it's, it's so much easier. And so I think there's ways of utilizing it that you don't think about because you, you're so framed into the conventional fencing paradigm that you don't think about those things. And, and yeah, it, it saves time. And that was one of the other reactions that I I've thought was rather, uh, wonderful to hear one of these guys he he was also super emotional and the reason was that uh, he was able now to in the weekends for instance go to see this cattle and, and manage and, and know where they were and he would be able to go to the movies with his kids and and his way of thinking about this is that he was now able to do something which he could give his farm away to the next generation and and know that they had one more tool to make life easier for them and I think the whole demographic change that we're seeing in farming, farmers are getting older and older. And, and, and at least in Northern Europe, there, there's a bit of a problem to get the next generation to take over. Uh, they're not prepared to sort of go into it in the same way that as the old generation were. And, and making that a bit cooler and easier and, and fun. And, and they expect, the next generation expect to be able to utilize technology. I mean, you look 15 years back, that's the start of the smartphone, right? So within 15 years, I think we sort of digitized ourselves. In my mind, there's no doubt over the next 15 years, that's going to happen in ag. And uh, we want to take a position in there and, and we think we can help make farmers' lives easier. And like you said, Oscar, uh, getting more grazing animals, cattle, sheep, goat out on pasture. And, and that is a good thing for the animal. It's a good thing for the soil. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I like to call, I've got a bit of a marketing background as well. So I like, like to call it a taste of freedom. 
Right? <laughs> it's a taste of freedom for the farmer. It's a taste of freedom for the animal. And you know what? I have uh, I've, I've tasted the difference between meat that's brought properly on, on grass-fed. And so it's a taste of freedom for the consumer too. And that's probably also going to be, I think, a big driver in this. Mm-hmm. People are going to want meat that is raised sustainably. And uh, we think we could be an enabler in making that economically viable for people. Well, let's let's walk through a little bit. Uh, yeah, there's certainly farmer lifestyle improvements, no doubt on all this. And, and there's certainly improvements for the animal's welfare because they're able to, to exhibit their behaviors more. And you, you mentioned it earlier, you, you know, you're able to track animal behaviors now because you got one and a half million hours or something. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are some of those things that either one of you jump in that you're seeing in the animal behavior modeling, if you will, that you're able to do with the data that you've acquired so far? What, what do you notice? <laughs> you, do you notice, like, I, I mean, I observe, um, let's say in our, our cow herd, uh, there's 150 animals. I'll, I'll notice that there's five that tend to hang out together as friends in this group. There's 15 in another group. There's always, we've all known that there's the lead, there's the laggard, you know, they're, they're those kind of orders. But what else do you notice about you're, you're actually watching. There's some that follow the fence to graze. There's some share some of those things that you've seen that we just didn't even really know before. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We are, uh, we are very much focusing on, on the fencing part of the technology, but we, we have an accelerometer in this color. So we know how active the animals are. And also we know where they are longitude and latitude, and we know who and when do they get the audio signal. Uh, so when we look at the herds, it is there is one cow <laughs> that's, that's always testing the that, fence. That, that all, that's always testing the fence, and one of yeah, our employees true. that is doing uh, doing live. We could have told you that without a lot of research, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's interesting to see the yeah. data on it. And you see some that are much more active than others. Absolutely, put on Absolutely. more steps or move around the pasture more. Yeah, and we can uh, and we can see the difference between the animals in the herd, and we can also easily see that if it changes over time it, mm-hmm. it could mean something uh, so the data that we harvest is obviously opening new possibilities mm-hmm. along the way uh, just giving us a better understanding of of the herd and the dynamics and yeah, yeah, yeah. How, to, how to use that absolutely so mm. so I, I'd like to just jump yeah, in also. Yeah. When you hear stories about the farmers that sort of uh, from the reports they get and from the warnings they get, um, like stories where they actually get warnings that animals are stuck and, uh, and are able to go out and save animals because oh, they're, really? they're not moving at all. So and, if, and if so one it, were in a, a, a creek or mud hole or something and couldn't move, it, it'll tell you that. Exactly. Wow. And, and, um, and another part, which I think was was to me quite mind-boggling was I, I told you this about 150 million hours of operation there and not one of the animals has not learned it I, I, that, that to me is quite mind-boggling that that they they all understand it you would kind of believe that yeah because you also hear individuals that uh, this one is and yeah there there are animals that get that get more pulses than others and then and, and some of them they're there <laughs> you mentioned the goats i i i've seen myself one of the, one of the small goats that oscar has <laughs> she's so clever she she goes out she, she gets the tone but she's so quick getting what she wants and she go comes back in before the pulse hits her so she and she was doing that 
on a regular basis. So, so, you so this is this was very valuable for for research and development purposes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, and of course, going forward, we we think there's a tremendous potential for us as a tech company as well, uh, because we're going to be able to provide, I think, third party players with a way of positioning and communicating their data uh, out in the field where they used to be confined to water troughs or, or the uh, or the farm infrastructure uh, but we can do all those things out in the field uh, so so there's there's a huge potential there as well so i think we all see in the beginning on that but mm-hmm. but i also think it's important that we stay true so, so we're in a we simple norwegians right <laughs> we want to do what we do really really well and i think concentrating on that first making that super solid uh, that is um hey you guys uh, taught us uh, a lot with the iPhone, right? When the iPhone was launched, it was not a lot of functionality on that thing. It, it, it actually, back in the days, received a lot of criticism because it was not doing, you couldn't do MMS, you couldn't just send pictures and so forth on it, but it worked, right? And it was super easy to use. And if we can sort of replicate that type of story that, yeah, in the beginning, doesn't do too much, but what it does, it does real well. And then we can sort of build on it step by step on that. We, we hope and think that that's a, uh, that's a good strategy. So I want to, you know, talk a little bit about what does this allow us to do? Okay, so when I look at, you know, farmers that are doing grazing uh, type of activities, you know, I, I really, the, the first, first level farmer is someone who's doing set stock. So in other words, all animals have access to all areas of the pasture. And they've probably heard that if you move your animals on a regular basis, whether it's rotational grazing, which would imply seven to 14 days, you know, I'll, I'll mess up all the terms, but there's, there's managed grazing, there's strip grazing, there's, you know, holistic grazing, there's, everybody's got a different word for it. But essentially, the more that you restrict the animal from grazing regrowth, the more over time the pasture can support. So a rule of thumb is, is if you can get to where you're doing daily moves and let grass fully recover, you can typically double the stocking rate of a pasture, right? So there's a, most people know this, but there's a reason why they're not doing it. Okay. And the main reason is, is it's, it's hard to do. It, It takes labor. So you're spending more labor to move these animals to a new area every day. Um, and it's not sure that if the labor is available, one, or two, is the cost of that labor worth being able to double the herd, right? So that's, that's kind of that trade-off. But isn't that really the, the, the first farmer? This gives them that opportunity to not have that, that labor cost of that move and be able to potentially over time double their stocking rate if it follows just like it, it does in most areas of the country. Is that, is that kind of step one, the, the set stocker getting easily moving to a managed grazing or wh- whatever the term we want to call it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. And then when we discovered, when we discovered that uh, this is the fact that you could increase uh, the number of livestock on, on a certain pasture, it, uh, yeah, we didn't know that was not the reason for us for doing this technology, but Obviously, it, it is fantastic because it is just just drawing lines on the smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes some seconds mm-hmm. to do, 
so there is no more labor, la lab yeah, labor involved into doing rotational grazing mm -hmm. than set stocking if if the animals are using the no fence collars. It's actually a, 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 such a fun thing, I think, for me that comes from outside the industry to see these huge farmer hands moving a fence on that little piece of technology. It's, <laughs> there's something so cool about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is intriguing. And then, so really, I mean, that's, that's kind of the first, and most, most cattle are, for example, are raised that way. You know, a set stock pasture or cow-calf operation, go out and gather them up every now and then to bring them in for treatment, weaning, you know, health checks, those kind of things. Um, but that can really improve no matter what that movement is, uh, restricting their access to the pasture is better for the soil health, better for animal health, better for, you know, total stocking density and, and, and everything. So the next, you know, person I see is somebody maybe like us or somebody that's moving every three days or, or moving every day, you can, you can tur turn it up another notch. So not only can you back off and save the labor that we have doing what we're doing today, but moving twice a day, three times a day, you know, doing, doing like uh, uh, our friends down there in Texas do seven times a day on with stockers. I mean, that's, that becomes far more practical too. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you, have you seen, talk, talk to me about uh, uh, customers that you're currently working with. What has been their progression, right? Were they set stock? They went to, to manage grazing and then how many have gotten to multiple moves per day? In Norway, the, the, most of our customers is uh, using the technology to, to start utilizing uh, land that didn't even have a fence. That didn't even have a fence. <laughs> and, and that was impossible to, to, to have livestock on because it's too difficult terrain. So that is, that is what we have most experience with. So getting and, access to acres that you couldn't even fence before yeah, yeah, yeah. or because of topography or rocks or trees or whatever. And, now you can we, utilize we, all the rivers land. and the shorelines and the whatever to water is, there is no terrain that is not, you could, you could use this in any terrain. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then we have discovered this, this managed grazing uh, people and we, uh, and we have worked closely together with some UK farmers that is already experienced in managed grazing and they are really taking advantage of this new technology and uh, has compared it uh, to, the, to, to how they used to do it with, with the new way of doing this with no fence and yeah, they, they think it's worth the price. <laughs> yeah. So is, what's the record now for uh, a person who likes to move how many times per day? Are they, are, is there a competition oh, to sure, see how many, how many, sure. how many times they do? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, I think it depends very much on what the farmer thinks is best for the soil on, mm -hmm. the act, on his farm. Mm -hmm. uh, some people does it two times a day. Some people does it every other day. Uh, it depends on both the weather and the, the context. The context, yeah, yeah, it is absolutely. The, the cool thing I think is that uh, due to the sort of explorative nature of, of of these animals, they will always test the fence, right? And and I think one beautiful thing about this is that you can always sort of open up that front fence, and you can you can 
you can, it's so easy to experiment, right? You can, if you say that I want to do it five times a day or six times a day, you just sort of move that front fence. You can leave the back fence open. So that only gives an opportunity, right? So you're not really restricting them in any way, just giving them access to more and their, their natural inclusive behavior to move forward after that grass. It just opens up ways for farmers to work out what they think is best for their animals. And I think this is one of the important things for us. We really think that the expertise is out there with the farmer, with the people who run the cattle or, or sheep or goats. And giving them possibilities to easily experiment in ways that the animals so easily understand. That is, that is the beauty of the solution, I think. It's, um, and, and it's so, uh, it's, it's like not an intrusive way to do things. It's, um, it's like a very natural thing. And, and I think it's, there's also something that struck me. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm, 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 I'm sounding stupid now, not having, <laughs> having farmer background, but uh, I'm thinking that we humans tend to think about animals from our own perspective, right? And we're, we're kind of daylight creatures, aren't we? So, but animals, they, they used to be out there all day, all 24 hours. And, and a lot of the year, it's more dark than light out there. So I think that is also one of the reasons that they respond so well to the hearing guide. When it's dark, you can't see a polywire. Uh, mm. When it's dark, you can hear the no offense. And, um, and maybe that's one of the reasons for the success that that's one of the thoughts I've been having. And, 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 it, and it works in that sense, right? You were mentioning blizzards or whatever. It's, uh, it's working under that, those conditions. It's, um, so it's kind of uh, opening up door to interacting with the animal in, in it seems a very natural way. And um, yeah, that is quite intriguing, I think. I can also mention that one of our customers, they, he, he was uh, normally, he was doing managed grazing before no offense. But then uh, he was invited to a wedding, wedding. And before he needed to kind of open quite a big uh, paddock for paddock the weekend. For or, the weekend yeah, because because yeah. he was going to be away. Mm-hmm. But with no offense, he could do the, the do it the same way just during dinner he would just pick up the phone and <laughs> change the palette <laughs> according to plan <laughs> even though being in the wedding yeah what are you doing honey <laughs> oh i'm just moving the pants <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's interesting i never thought of that before so you know you mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast about the, the neat part about this collar having connectivity to the internet okay is now we've basically made every cow a, essentially a wireless access point. You know, mm-hmm. it's its own, it's its own, uh, you know, hub on the internet in a way. Um, the accelerometer, there's there's lots of opportunities out there. You know, when I when I was thinking through the the whole um, thing, I, I really want to. I've seen what it's taken to when you want to bring livestock back to the land. If you're a cropland farmer that has you know, gone away from livestock, at least pasture-based livestock, it's a, you got to relearn those things, you know? So it's one thing you're working mainly with, with farmers who are, have pastured animals and, and understand those things. What I, what I love about this is I think, you know, as, as we look forward in the future, we're going to be able to, we're getting imagery now of, of crops, you know, on a regular basis. We, we see 
how are they growing? What's their size? We can even get yield estimates on corn and soybeans from, you know, remote modeling. Um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm excited about is how can we help a cropland farmer get livestock on their land without needing 40 years of grazing experience and, and all these kind of things. And um, am, I, am I just wishful thinking or do you see an opportunity to where we can assess what the quality of a forage is in a, in a field or even on the farmer's entire farm, essentially, how much biomass he has and, and kind of have it automatically uh, tell us how much we need to graze per day, you know, and, and tell us, you know, where to set the boundaries and those kind of things. Is, is that in the realm of possibility or is that just, I know it's not today, but we're, we're always looking into the future and, and what, what, what does this enable? What are some of those things? Is that, do you see that being a possibility? A lot of those things that you mentioned is already out there, but it is distributed on, on a lot of platforms. That don't like to talk to each other. That don't like others. Yeah. Right. right, right. So, so how are you addressing that? So You're, yeah, we, as Knut said, we, we try to be really good at what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, but we see all these possibilities to kind of connect and make uh, integrations between different systems. Uh, we even have uh, have been in touch with those who can kind of estimate uh, dry matter mm-hmm. in pasture fields and how to integrate that into our system and to to make it easier for farmers to do decisions on when to move and what, how big should the paddock be yeah, and such things. But I think it will be in the future. And uh, uh, first we, re- we want to really have a virtual fencing system that you could rely on, fully and, and rely and on. That's, that's the foundation. Of that's it. the foundation for us. Uh, we, we have a term called bedrock. It's our bedrock that should we should fill all cracks in that bedrock before we build additional features on top mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Even or if we some features we will kind of develop ourselves. Uh, some features we would open the APIs to the system so that third party could. Whether could compete, <laughs> whether whether it be maybe record keeping on on health, or yeah. whether it be maybe uh, GIS location of animals, or 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 those kind of things, just to make yeah. that everything plays nice together. Uh, yeah, livestock management, whatever right. it right. is, uh, pasture planning. Yeah. It's a lot of things that you could connect into, mm-hmm. connect things together, so that the farmers can have one one. Uh, one app, right, right? One app and one color. That is the. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, I just I know that's forward thinking and, and future looking and those kind of things. But uh, that's where I see this po- this possibility is yeah. to go, and, and it's exciting yeah. because I, I think you know having this technology first off makes a person's life easier, yeah. uh, and they're more likely to move it on a more yeah. regular basis yeah. in order to have better results. Yeah. And then there is this potential in the future. That's just mm-hmm. icing on the mm-hmm. cake, as, mm-hmm. as we would mm-hmm. say. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. But um, wh- where do you see the future with, with no fence going, Knut? And, and I, I think you're the direction tra- you're heading. Yeah, I think you're on the track there. Uh, so, so the number one thing is we want to uh, go global with this technology. 
and we want to sort of make sure that we can give farmers across the world access to that plain functionality. We think there's mm -hmm. so much value in that part. So, mm -hmm. so that is the number one plan. Um, I'm not so sure, and, and this is one of the fun things. We, we, we argue a lot and we, we discuss a lot and, 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 and this is the way we're progressing. So uh, right straight live on the air. I'm not so sure I'm agreeing with Oscar on, on one app. I, I think maybe there's, there, there's gonna be more solutions, but if we can integrate them and we can, we can help them and, and create that, like a platform uh, mm -hmm. where data can be interchanged, then maybe, maybe we should let people that do specific things within pasture planning or, or monitoring and so forth do that and that's then the farmer will have that window into it but due to the due to the integration with our platform he can do that in areas where that technology was not available anymore before so so i think there's there, there's something there to really do what you do best yourself and then be open to other platforms and, and let them sort of play with you. And, and I mm -hmm. think uh, it's just something which is global. I think now people are starting understanding we need to collaborate more and more, but it's certainly in Norwegian nature that <laughs> we're 5 million. <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not the breadbasket of Europe up there. Uh, and uh, if we are to succeed globally, we need to co collaborate and be open. And, and I, I was coming from the video conferencing technology and, and, and Tannenberg at the time, they, they were super good at, at having an open platform that everybody could run on. Mm -hmm. and, and having proprietary solutions where we sort of try to lock everyone into your solution. That's not our philosophy. We, we really want to try to be open. And I think this is one of the things that Oscar stands for so beautifully is, is that uh, inclusive nature of his, which is really simmering out in the entire company and, and being able to give space for others uh, and work together. And there, there's room enough for everyone here, I think, if we do these things right. So, um, so I think, Yes, the platform part is definitely going to happen. I hope it can happen in a way where, where we, we provide space and possibilities for third-party players on the animal, uh, on farm infrastructure, and on pasture uh, that are directed in towards livestock. Mm -hmm. And it's super important for us to not start thinking about things on pasture which doesn't have anything to do with livestock, that has to do with crop, just because we can. It's like really, really staying true to whatever revolves around those animals that we support that I think is an extremely important thing. Uh, and um, Hey, there's a lot of innovative heads out there and um, I'm making, making a platform that they can utilize and innovate on. I think that's, that's the future. If we can then provide the bedrock, as you say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Am well, I out of my line here, or do, <laughs> do you agree, <laughs> Mr. CTO? <laughs> Let's discuss Dolphin afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, we are very online, so yeah, online with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. We, well, I and I think right now um, there's a great opportunity that that for those listening that have livestock want to participate. Um, you know, I'm going to be my herd's going to be fully uh, fenceless. No, no offense, uh, you know, technology on the entire herd, but uh, it's part of a pilot project that you've got going on right now. I, I really, uh, you know, you've mentioned it several times, but you know, the crawl, walk, run mentality is, is coming through loud and clear. And, and you're starting with that in this local market um, or in the United States and Canada, you're starting with a few pilot um, 
quite customers, a few, quite, quite a few, few pilots actually. We'd and, like to have quite a few pilots. Yeah. Okay, and, and talk to us about that program. What what do you hope to accomplish, and, and who would be an ideal person to uh, participate in in mm. that pilot, and how how do they get connected with with mm. no fans to mm. do that? Mm. Mm. We'd love to have a range. Uh, so to us, it's not like one single ideal case. Uh, mm-hmm. On the contrary, we'd, we'd like to understand the range of applications it can have. We know it can have quite a few applications. So we're willing to work with, with clients that, uh, that are willing to go in and do something on their side uh, to, to work out whether that can work for their application or not. We, as I said, we, we do have a lot of experience with it now. So we'll, we'll make sure to not endeavor into any hopeless journey uh, mm-hmm. that will disappoint for, for a guy or girl, uh, right. for sure. But having a range and, and across these different uh, Breeds if, and uh, if we look at the application we have, I mean, in Norway, we, we, we got uh, power line companies that have goats grazing underneath mm-hmm. and just goes over the mountain step by step by step. That's like one application. We've got some super interesting uh, calls from the US, which we're going to explore now, uh, of solar parks uh, that want to have uh, sheep uh, mm-hmm. on their solar park. Uh, and, and that should be feasible. Um, there's, uh, there's so many different applications we think that we, we want to explore them. There's, there's um, firefighting, uh, so, so grazing a, a path so to, to prevent... Uh, like a fire break. Fire break, exactly. Hmm. Um, so, That's a great idea because, you, you know, grazing the entire forest may not have the animal count to do it, mm-hmm. but you could concentrate them in strategic areas. Yeah, yeah. great idea. So, so we believe there are many applications. So what we'd like to... Get, really do is, is to take that work and, and go through different types and, and guys surprises with ideas <laughs> we're, we're really open to find out and what we can promise you we, we're not gonna go down a rabbit hole uh, with you and, and sort of end up in a dead end it's uh, we, right. we, we, we will help qualify what what is a good case and and then work it from there but we'd love to have them from different geographies from different types of uh, animals and, and different types of applications. So, uh, so how do the, how do people connect with you? Do they go to the website? Or, no offense. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that is a double no on the fence. You guys are, you're so anti-fence here, but go to nofence.no, yeah. which is the, the, the extension for Norway. Yeah. Right. So, uh, like we use.com and no is common for, for Norway there. Yeah. So, um, and then on that website there, you can, is there where you can fill out information yeah. for, yeah. I'm interested in a pilot. I'm interested to learn more information yeah. for yeah. sure. You can watch the videos and, mm. and, and hear about yeah. how it works and those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, we already hired Christer here who's with us on this trip, uh, who's a business development manager for the U S market. So Christer, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll take well care of you and, and guide you through what you need to do. Uh, okay. so, so, um, Get in, con- get, in con- get in touch. Uh, we're going to be now at the Practical Farmers of Iowa uh, mm-hmm. and uh, have a stand there. So people can contact us up there um, through yourself, uh, your own network. So, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. It's um, and, and maybe you should mention also, Oscar, we, we do have a rather extensive research program with universities across the globe. So I think we got like 25, 26 universities across the globe now that are researching uh, virtual fencing and they're coming up with some some super interesting results it's uh 
that there's so many things, both in terms of applications, but also in terms of manual welfare and so forth, because we are exploring new ground here, right? So, mm -hmm. but it's interesting to see, um, it's not publicized yet, but I, I, I guess I can quote it verbally here in, in, in a podcast like this, that there's some German research that we've done, and then it shows that uh, animals that hit and polywire, uh, compared to animals that get the pulse from the no fence uh, collar, uh, the ones uh, wearing the collar goes back to uh, grazing behavior in half the time as when they hit the poly polyvar. Huh. So there's some, there's some interesting things about this technology. And I think the whole thing, the whole concept of making this predictable for the animal is, is a super interesting thing. So, but I'm sure we are going to do a lot of things to improve the product and solution for both the farmers and the animals as we move forward. And, as you say, uh, integrating and, and helping explore different things, uh, and, and both in terms of features, but also in terms of functionalities, it's, um, it's certainly the way it's going to head. But make contact, and um, we won't promise oversell. We won't take you down the road, which uh, is a dead end street. Just to sell this in colors, we're COVID is a everybody's heard about COVID and the R number at the moment, right? So. Uh, so we're, we're taking the positive spin on that. Uh, we think that if we can make really happy clients, they'll recommend us. And that is a contagious thing. And we'd love to put that positive spin on it and, uh, and give these people a great experience so they will recommend it. And mm -hmm. we all know what happens if, um, if one farmer recommends it to two other farmers. That's an exponential curve. And uh, exactly. that is uh, plenty of growth for us in that one. And another reason for doing pilot projects in the U.S. for us is to learn, yeah. learn Absolutely. how the American farmer be, does things. Mm -hmm. uh, so we think that our pilot customers will learn from us and we will learn from them. Yeah. Very good. Well, before we go today, any other final thoughts or, or uh, questions I should ask uh, the two of you while we were together? I think you asked a lot of really good questions already. So <laughs> well, I, I just have to say thanks for bringing us in here. Well, I, I just enjoy that. The, you know, this is the intersection. Of, this is what the Ag Emerge podcast is all about. It's the intersection of ag technology and soil health and, and innovative farmers. And, and this, is, this is a great tool that's going to allow innovative farmers to, to do amazing things to improve soil health and herd health which ultimately translates to human health. Yes. So, and, and plus better profitability, better lifestyle, you know, and it's just, it's a real win-win for everybody involved. And I'm so thankful for the work that, that uh, you guys have done. I, I mean, I really appreciate, uh, you know, most technology companies start in a garage. Yours started probably in a barn, right? <laughs> so, or in a pasture, not didn't even have a building. So, uh, you know, appreciate the perseverance over the years and, and really seeing through this and, and making it happen. Uh, it's uh it's uh it's an amazing story yeah yeah there is some goat manure in my keyboard uh, <laughs> i believe it <laughs> uh, were they typing an email for you? <laughs> uh, i i do i've seen picture of his mom and dad with big sort of pliers cutting wire to uh, or chain to, mm -hmm. to supply for colors so th th this has been a family effort from day one so <laughs> it is a beautiful story to be written one day with, uh, <laughs> if we can make the success we hope to make it will be a super fun anniversary i think at the 10 years or uh, or uh, yeah yeah very good yeah well i'm looking forward to it so well thank you both so much it was a pleasure to have you here and and uh, the tour our farm and and i wish you a, a successful rest of your trip and 
and hope that uh, you get connected with a lot of good people here in the United States that can uh, be advocates for you and, and can enjoy what this uh, technology can do for them. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow. Talk about a game changer. No Fences Virtual Fencing could open up some exciting opportunities for bringing livestock back to the land and address that fifth soil health principle. And as always, if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing to help growers implement soil health practices, check out our website at asn.farm. And there you can click on links to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. There's a lot of great things happening and always something to learn. Thanks for listening.